Welcome to the November 4th slash 5th edition of the PFF Forecast, uh, our election edition. Not really. We're not going to talk politics here. This is a football podcast. It and, is. Uh, we have a great one. We're going to do um, the whole week nine preview, lock, lock of the week. Uh, and then we've got Tampa Bay Trey from the Draft Network joining us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk Bucks, Saints. Uh, and he has some strong food takes. So I'm very excited. Really? About that. He does. So let's rock. Is Trey Florida man? Like this is it is the headline Florida man what? has food takes? <laughs> no, it's funny because you would expect that out of someone first off named Tampa Bay Trey, who is a Bucks fan. Like I would expect cornrows and at least one tooth missing out of the top or bottom mm -hmm. four. Uh, but he's very opposite. Yeah, I think yeah. He, he's like the antithesis of what you would expect from Florida man. It'd be interesting. It'd be fun. Yeah, he's more like yeah. It's, it sounds like more California than Florida, but. Uh, that's you know. always a plus. Yeah, yeah, it's true. How are you doing? You're wearing As, a NASA t-shirt right Yeah, now. we're going to the moon. Um, but the, I'm obviously I'm drinking You're Starbucks. Hey, by the way, if you want to add space, come get us Starbucks. Um, You're rocking a mocha today. You, you are very, it's very easy to tell when you are celebrating something because your go-to celebration is a mocha always it's the it's living the best life <laughs> for me um <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it I although I, it. I i refuse to mush what's what's been going on we're not mushing anything all you are you are the anti-mush which i think is a is a good stance to have um this we did win a bet last week mm -hmm. lock of the week i did um so we're off we, the schneid a little bit there we made some headway there and um a couple of bets that we talked about uh, I thought were pretty sound. Um, the over in uh, the Denver-Los Angeles game uh, was one that we talked about. Indianapolis um, was one that we talked about. Um, really, the one that I thought was the most interesting was we were on Green Bay, um, you and I intuitively at the beginning of the week, and then Minnesota was what our model liked, and we were like disgusted by it. And mm -hmm. you know that turned out, which I think is a good starting off point for this week. Who knows if this game is actually going to be played because the Niners just had to close their facility. But let's kind of assume it is. San Francisco hosting Green Bay on a short week Thursday night. Um, this is obviously a game that the Niners with Jimmy G and George Kittle dominated last year twice. They are now five and a half point underdogs because there's no Jimmy G. There's no George Kittle. I guess there's a chance that Debo's back this week. At least that's what Richard Sherman said <laughs> yesterday on uh, Chris Collinsworth's podcast, which you should go check out, by the way. It was pretty interesting. Um, so that would be a huge plus. Are you are you tempted? A little shanty magic. Thursday night, short week. It's yeah. on the floor. Well, my only concern here is that the it's not available. Okay, well, so, let's just say it was. Okay. Let's so, say it comes back online, and it's probably five and a half. It's, has it moved off five and a half? I don't think it has. The whole week, I made a joke about this. Uh, our friend Tim Murray had me on yesterday, um, and I joked about how, you know, the Packers literally have you at running back, and the number's only gone in their direction. Uh, it sort of shows that what the market price is running backs at. Um, actually, I see it at six. Okay. I like that even more. Uh, yeah, I look, it's San Francisco or nothing for me, although you're seeing a decent amount of cash on Green Bay. Um, 
What? So tell me the reasoning there, because the, the only thing that I look at this Green it's Bay team, narrative driven. It's narrative driven, but there's one thing that's changed for Green Bay. One, Aaron Rodgers is playing significantly better. Now, if there was one thing that you would look at and you'd go, oh, wow, that changes my opinion of things, like that's it, right? Yeah. But the Niners dump trucked the Green Bay Packers because their defense was unsound. And simultaneously, the Niners defense wrapped the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers both, was both not getting last year. Yeah. So, like, both of those seem to be changing, right? Can I can I ask something though? Here's here's my here's my thought process though. Um, so you look at Rogers' season; it's crazy. Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Find a good defense among those groups. You can't. Okay. They lose to Tampa, forty-five percent completions, two interceptions, four point five yards per pass attempt. Mm-hmm. They go to Houston, crushes again. Last week against Minnesota, their offense wasn't. Their offense was fine, right? Like, they, that wasn't really the reason they lost. Um, they didn't make big high leverage plays, and there was wind. But mm-hmm. so so Rodgers has played exactly how many good defenses? One, and he performed like garbage against them. It wasn't a great game, no. The Niners, for all their faults, and, and again, we have to see sort of like what the downscale effects of COVID are. But if they're able to – if they have Verrett, if they have Mosley, um, you know – Ken Law's been great from what I can tell. Buck, uh, sorry, Armstead's fine. Uh, Warner, although Warner had COVID, is that going to be an issue? I, it's a great question. So, but I, look, we should, we they should are that. not a trolley ride away from being a bad defense, right? right? They're closer to actually being an elite defense, which like all the narratives about Rodgers off a loss or Rodgers bad game, I think are bunk, right? So then you go to the other side of the ball and this is really where the question is. Two weeks ago, we talked about the Niners against New England. Wait, did Fred Warner have COVID? I think he was the one put on the COVID list. No, it's Kenneth Bourne. Okay, well, that, then that, it strengthens my argument. Um, and Shanahan absolutely pulled Bill Belichick's pants down in that in that game. Yeah. Um, Fred Warner was on it in September. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the the real the real question is how do the Niners offense how does the Niners offense perform against the Green Bay defense? And Nick Mullins, fifth highest graded passer. No Kittle, which is a which is a thing. Jordan Reed might play, which I think is important. If Debo plays, Ayuk plays. Um, you know the running back really doesn't matter. Um, but Jamichael Hasty has some juice, I guess. Like I I can't see why this is six. It's also here's another point. I think Matt. I think Lafleur is a good coach, but he's nowhere near as good as Shanahan. And on short weeks, I'm going to take the I take the coaching differential and probably double it. Yeah, and here's the here's the thing. You look at the the Green Bay Packers. They have some singular players that are really great. Rodgers, Jerry Alexander is the highest graded corner. What Shanahan does is mitigate those things by attacking your weak points. So. I'm with you there. Okay, uh, take me to the next game that you would like to talk about. Okay, so that one's, I would assume we can't because it's not bettable. Um, okay, here's one that if I look here at Buffalo weather, we are. I was on Buffalo radio the other day, and congrats. let me tell you, I am a, I'm a, you know, I'm a big hit in Buffalo now that I'm willing to tell the truth about Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, weather here, 62, five mile power winds. 
So not not a lot of weather going on. Not a lot of weather going on, which is humongous. Seattle's two and a half point favorites laying this price on the road with a bad defense worries me a little bit. Jamal Adams back in limited capacity. Jamal Adams might be back. Their corners are the best part of that defense. Seattle is a physical team in the run game. The Bills are not. So they might be able to control the game a little bit more. Like our model likes Seattle here. Talk me off of Seattle. I can't. And this is... Anytime you can fade Josh Allen, anytime, you're just going to do it? Well, it's, it's not even a fade of Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is having a really good season. And if he had played at this level, like he's you know in that 10, 12 range, and if he had played this way the whole way through, we'd still be talking about what a great improvement he's made. So he has made an improvement. Seattle getting less or, or having to cover by less than a field goal in a game against a Buffalo Bills team that I just it, it's weird their defense has regressed that's not surprising and I don't have that much faith in their offense to me this is um, an excellent opportunity however I have another road favorite Ooh, I, I, I know which one it yeah is. that is a two and a half point favorite that I actually think did we I did like we put this in our more. article at the beginning of the week I believe so except I am usually delusional when I we put it at minus three at the time. It's okay. now it's minus two, two and a half. This is the Baltimore Ravens against the Indianapolis Colts. So here's what I will say. The Indianapolis Colts, I think, are a good team. Yeah. But they are being priced as a, as a, as a somewhat borderline-ish elite team, and I don't get that at all. I also would like to point out that the Ravens significantly out efficiencyed the Pittsburgh Steelers from an offensive perspective. And the turnover battle, which is something that is fluky, was won by the Steelers significantly, and that is why they won in a close game. The Indianapolis Colts pose such a different you know, set of um, hurdles for Lamar Jackson to overcome. Their, their defense is so different. And on the flip side, the idea that Phillip Rivers is playing well is fine as long as you account for the fact that the Indianapolis Colts have played by far, by far, the easiest schedule in the NFL. Their average opponent is a full point, more than a full point worse than the second easiest average schedule that anyone has faced. So I want to fade that narrative. I think the Baltimore Ravens, despite the fact that I think we pegged them accurately as not being as good as the market wanted them to be at the beginning of the year, um, are still undervalued. And I like them minus two and a half in Indy. Yeah, okay. Here's my here's my pushback. Marlon Humphrey Marlon out. Humphrey. Yep. And then all of the COVID, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the close encounters as well. What do you, what say you on that? I am less worried about losing Marlon Humphrey, given the depth they have in the secondary. And given the fact that if that Philip Rivers is not someone that scares me in terms of taking advantage of that, of that missing uh, component, the way that the Indianapolis Colts are, I think going to win this game, um, if they do is by getting some turnover variants. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate that. Um, let's, let's look at another one here. I also like over 47 in that game. Yes. Yes. I think okay. cause there'll be turnovers in some capacity. There's high variance associated with Lamar. There's a Philip Rivers pick six coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it's going to be too. I'm just letting you know. Right? Yeah. It could be like just some random that we've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Anthony Averett will get mm -hmm. a pick six for the Ravens. Um, okay. Ooh, I, the more I look at the board, I, I have some notes written down here and I like had like, like a lot 
really like. I, I'm excited. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it okay, going. Okay, because I'm a little bit different. I, okay, here's one that I like, and it's my misanthropic nature coming into play. Oh, good. We're not going to get that many times left, I don't think, to get our hearts broken by the rocket scientist that is Matt God Patricia. I knew this was and, where we were going. And you were in a NASA shirt. I should have seen this yeah. coming. Oh, Where's funny. your pencil? Oh, hold on. Can you imagine the year 2020 having a pet? Look at this. Now I think you're smart. Okay. So we need- Now I think you know what you're doing from a skiing perspective. Right. I'm not going to rush take the, the pen. Take it off for a second. Take it off. You're an idiot. Rushing the passer, George. Genius. Rushing the passer is for the rubes. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm, so <laughs> so no Kenny Galladay might be rough here, and mm -hmm. I think that he's out, right? Doubt, doubtful, mm -hmm. big V, questionable, Trey Flowers on IR. But look at this. This is, the, this is classic Minnesota Vikings football. The, the, the Lions actually stopped the run really well. The Vikings want to run the football. I don't think you can the total on this game fifty two and a half. You couldn't find me on the over in ever. The Vikings played magnificently on offense Sunday and wouldn't go over this total mm -hmm. against Rodgers, mm -hmm. who had three touchdowns and no interceptions. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a muck it up game where the Vikings, much like in OA classic NFC North, battle. Right, right, NFC yeah. Central, mm -hmm. black and blue division, mm -hmm. the Vikings in 08 almost lost to the Owens, who eventually be 0-16 yeah. Lions twice. I think that this will be a similar game where the Vikings might come out and win. Okay. But they're not covering four. Counterpoint. The Detroit Lions. Okay. Who's going to rush the passer for the Vikings? It, DJ Wanham. Suck. Yeah, both of these teams suck, which is why I'll take the points with the I, I team will, that's perceived so I will to suck say this, way Matt more. Matt Stafford looked like a different person with Kenny Galladay than he did without. But he had like he had played he had like a seventy yarder to Marvin Hall. I'm not necessarily saying in the last game. Oh, first where they, two where weeks. they got racked by the Colts. Yeah, um, but in the first two weeks, I, look, I'll keep that there. I'll just say Patricia, um, rocket scientist. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, undeniable. Okay. I take you now to Nashville, Tennessee, where the Chicago Bears are rumbling in. What a, what a game this is. What a, what a beautiful matchup. Nick Foles is bad. Matt Nagy, not great. The Chicago Bears defense. Like, did did you watch that Saints game? The, yes. If I have to watch David Montgomery take a handoff out of the shotgun with absolutely no holes in front of him. One more time. One more time. In fairness, I think David Montgomery would say the same thing. Yeah, he actually graded well for us because he broke so many tackles. But there's so many well, tackles for him to break. Someone like you know that is Barry Sanders reincarnate would would do that. Okay. Here, here's a but question: Is is David Montgomery the Derek Jeter of running backs, where like he runs into tacklers so that he can break them? No, we don't. He does not get Jeter status. Uh, okay, but I'm not interested in the spread here. It's five and a half Tennessee, um, and I'm not I, I'm not taking Tennessee here. I'm not taking Chicago, but. Total 46 and a half. Tennessee's defense is a unmitigated disaster. Um, we've been challenged to come up with more words to describe things that are not great. So I'll throw a couple out here. Heinous, putrid, um, 
but those are the two that I, that I will uh, put out. And 46 and a half is low total. The Tennessee Titans have an explosive offense, and um, the Chicago Bears have a YOLO have an offense. offense. A YOLO offense. Yeah, so you could see Tennessee playing terrible defense, but, but getting a pick six at some point in this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I I was. That's a low total for twenty. It's a dis, well, it's a disgrace. Yeah. The only reason that this is what it is is because the Bears are inefficient right. on offense. But Fair. like the Bengals are not efficient on offense, and they did miraculous things with an offensive line that had. I mean, dude, like we were an injury away from seeing Steve start on the offensive line for the Bengals last that would have week. Kind of cool. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling. I like that one. So do I. Um. Okay. Let me find. We liked the Giants last week at plus three and a half. Now it's plus three. Not a ton of value there left anymore. We like the Chiefs over 51. It's on 52 and a half. Not a ton of value there anymore. How do you feel about the Panthers getting no, 10 and a half? No. It's so hard to, to beat the Chiefs. I'm not saying they need to beat the Chiefs. They just yeah, but even against the spread. Keep it's just, it within 10. I'm okay on that. Here's one I do like, though. Are you looking, sir, potentially, to make a wager? You and I, perhaps, perhaps a tray of mochas from your favorite establishment. I'll I'll lay the ten and a half with Kansas City against you. All right. <laughs> All right. What am I? Am I four zero? I think you're three and zero. We may we may need to check the tape. Yeah, check the tape. I might need a recount. I might need the bets. Look, to be these recounted. games get keep getting played, and I keep racking up victories. You have this been, is you have been trying to stop counting our bets. It's so it's heinous is um, what it is. It's um, it's, disgraceful. it's a disgrace is what I I, <laughs> I I may or may not have been a bourbon in when I said that quote Kirk Cousins is a disgrace compared to Teddy Bridgewater, which I might want to have back. I don't know that that's a take that you need a bourbon for. Yeah, well, I would say as a human, you know, yeah, as a leader of men. Okay, so so Eric and I now have another steak dinner slash mocha. Look, at least I like the team I'm betting on now. That's good. That's a start. That's a move in the right direction. Uh, hopefully you can get off the schneid here. Okay, let me. Um, there's one more over that I'd like to consider. No, no. As somebody sweated through that Dolphins Rams game, I have to see a little bit more out of Tua. Okay. Absolutely, and what you'll see out of Tua is probably more fumbling. Yeah. Are you worried that the Cardinals' offense is so bad that this is just going to be because? That would be my worry. I'm not worried about the Dolphins. I think they... Plus the Dolphins have coverage for days. Yeah, that's true. Okay. It's 48. I like the other the other over better. This is, by the way, Miami in Arizona. Arizona favored by five. Um, at, total at 48. Yeah. Seems a little high, but Tua played like garbage last week. Or, I mean, he, he didn't really play. Okay. Yeah, but he didn't look comfortable either. All he right, looked... keep me going. Keep me going here. Feed me. Explain to me why... The Saints, with Michael Thomas presumably back, are five-point underdogs in Tampa. Like The Tampa public love has gotten a little out of control. I'm really excited to ask our friend Tampa Bay Bay Trey about this because five is a lot. So so New Orleans was favored by three and a half? Week one. It it opened higher, but it closed at three and a half. Closed at three and a half. Okay. With no fans in New Orleans. Now, I understand there's some uncertainty there for Tampa Bay. Sure. Um, here's the dirty little secret. Drew Brees, despite the fact that he will not throw the ball downfield, is playing well. Um, 
And that's something that I don't think we should underestimate. My worry, though, is that Alvin Kamara is their offense. And if there was a team with athletic linebackers that could, you know, that could kind of stifle him a little bit, it is the Bucks. Yeah, they, I think, match up really well. They, they're like a really good matchup. This is crazy. Drew Brees has 11 throws that have traveled 20-plus yards down the football field. 11. 11. Tom Brady has 43. Yeah. Tom Brady has more completions 20-plus yards downfield than Drew Brees has attempts. So I think five is, the, is, a, is a big number with these two teams. So if you look at these two teams, we have the Bucs as our third. This is something that you can find on pff.com. It's an elite subscription. I think it's really indicative here. Um, I'm using it to uh, justify wagering many units on Clemson this weekend. um Um, yeah our power rankings like tampa bay being about two points better than new orleans um on a neutral field on a neutral field so home field advantage probably not the full three and hence no not even why the the plus five might but let me ask you this some value is from a matchup standpoint can you find enough matchup inefficiency here not to bet not to bet new orleans it's tough because I like on the macro level, yes, and then when you but and then you add in Antonio Brown, I, yeah. I think he's going to be good right from the start. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you get some regression out of New Orleans defense though. They won't commit as many penalties. They won't give up as many big plays. There's there's actually talent there, and they haven't uh, you know lived up to it in any way, shape, or form. There's a better chance in my What's estimate. The weather going to be here. I'll look it up while you talk. The here's the here's a question. What's more likely to happen? Tampa Bay finishes the year with the league's best defense or Tampa Bay and New Orleans finish the year with similarly trending defenses? Uh, similarly. That, that's that's my pushback against the idea that Tampa's defense is the, like, the bettable unit. Okay, are you ready for this? Sunday. Let's see here. Okay, well, it's going to cool down a little bit here. So there's going to be precipitation throughout Ooh. the day. Uh Heading into 8 p.m. when the game kicks, it's on Sunday night, about 40% chance of precipitation. Winds about 15 miles an hour. That's interesting. And here's, mm-hmm. why that's, here's why that's interesting. Bruce Arians, for some reason, f- find someone. Now you're married. You found this person. But for all of you single men and maybe two women out there listening, find someone that loves you as much as Bruce Arians loves running the ball on first and second and ten it's tough i, I mean, can't i, I don't you even have, think bruce arian's wife has found somebody who's lo- who no, loves her as much as as bruce loves that mm-hmm. and and the funny thing about it is it's not like he's got blaine gabbard out there who every time he throws a pass you pray tom brady's slinging seeds like yeah. the dude is just on the money and yet we got to get Fat Ronald Jones and Fat Fat Len and Rojo some run here. We got to we got to get him oiled up. I mean, God damn. So if it's if it's a little bit of a weather game, I could see Bruce leaning into that. Um, You know, and it's like you have all these offensive weapons, but they run the ball. I I don't know. Five is too many, but I don't like it from matchup standpoint. Yeah. Um, Does under appeal to you? I hate unders. Okay. Well, yeah, that's. You want you want me to tell the people that our favorite bet of the week is not no, okay. probably not. Okay. All right, uh, last but not least, I feel like Pittsburgh minus fourteen and Dallas. This has to be it, right? <laughs> I'm not taking it as the lock of the week. No, 
If, it, if you can give me 13 and a half, which I do think is available some places, maybe, but. How do the Dallas Cowboys score? Yeah, I mean, the, the Nooch. The Nooch isn't even playing, he got benched. <laughs> they were rewatching the tape. <laughs> they got to the point where he rolls out right and throws the sidearm. Yeah, and there McCarthy, was like... McCarthy rumbled down, took the projector, just tossed the projector out of the room and left. That's you can't, you can't get much better than 1.9 big time throw rate and 11.5 turnover worthy play rate. He freaking. He's brutal. But what was that? But there are there's always like letdown spots here. Like they almost covered against Philly, although Philly's garbage. That's something Philly's not I good. expect out of you in like 20 degree weather playing flag football when you've got the the sweatpants from like you know Ross mm -hmm. dressed for less or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're just out there, you know, three different sweatshirts on, making moves outside of the pocket. That's what I expect. A little side armor that goes into the dirt. Yeah. Um yeah, that that could be the that could be it. I mean, it's kind of a square play, road favorite by more than yeah, it is. It is two touchdowns. Play. But um, here's my my vote is for Tennessee over. Like Tennessee's defense is legitimately, mm -hmm. you know, brutal. Mm -hmm. The Bears' defense is fine, but Tennessee's offense is good. Mm -hmm. Coming off a bad week, I feel like there's a lot of trends that people are like overreacting to here. Mm -hmm. Do you like so that's forty six and a half? Do you like that more than Indy and I do Baltimore over forty seven? I do. Really? Now, yeah. why is that? Because Indy, say what you will, Indy's offense is better than Chicago, and it's not like Baltimore's offense is bad. Yeah, but like both teams like to run on early downs. I guess both teams like to run on early downs in Tennessee too. Games being played indoors. Let's look at tennis. Let's look at Nashville weather. Cloudy with a chance of Nashville hot. Ooh, a little Clay Travis action. <laughs> Seven mile per hour winds. Um, Seventy five. I mean, I just think like. We, we they got they found something out of out of Nick right last week a little bit he was spunky spunky they it's kind of a must win for both teams throw the kitchen sink at it the Bears fall to five and four they're kind of out of it in the NFC North mm -hmm. okay let me let me say this though what are the is it more likely that Tennessee and Chicago get in a like three yards in a pile of dirt fest compared to Colts Ravens like wouldn't you expect Colts Ravens like there are ways that this game plays out is it's kind of like back and forth and each team finds a groove or the Ravens are just you know the Ravens when they win big like they they go all out you yeah know? but also they're missing some defensive pieces yeah the missing defensive pieces might be the reason why I'll take I, I like that one the problem is T.Y. Hilton's hurt right is he coming back like there's there's missing piece on both sides, right? So and Stanley's hurt, you know, offensive line, you know, uh, he, you know, Houston and and Buckner are two very very good players. Hilton's questionable with a groin. You never want to be questionable with a groin. Mm. Um, All right, let's go. Let's go. Chicago, Tennessee over. Let's go. Forty six and a half. Let's get it. That is the lock of the week. Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, the log, Mike Vrabel running stairs before the game, getting lathered up, Arthur just Smith. like we will. Arthur Smith. 
trying to get off the schneid. Will be lathered up over 46 and a half. Bears, Titans. Let's get it. 27-20. Let's go. All right. Uh, there it is. By the way, we'll be back Saturday night. So check us out Sunday morning on the Daily Betting Podcast. We'll we, we've called you the, the, you're the prop king. Ben, ben wanted to be the prop uh, the prop, prop whisperer, but I feel like I'm the prop whisperer because I'm the one that like kind of you're you're the guy you're the guy behind the magic. Yeah, I'm the whisperer. So I I felt like we have to. There was a joke to be made about like you're you're like the Gandalf authoritarian regimes and stuff like that for the prop. We can right? workshop that. We got to workshop it. The prop court the is pro something that needs to exist. Certainly. All right, that's all you needed to hear there. Let's get to uh, Tampa Bay Trey. I want to tell you guys about Monkey Knife Fight at monkeyknifefight.com. All first-time depositors that put in at least $20 on their account while using the promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just $20, and you'll get the opportunity to turn that $20 into even more money by playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest-growing fantasy sports sites in the USA, monkeyknifefight.com. You might have seen a guy like Deshaun Watson talking about it. And anything he talks about, I am ready to uh, go all in on. So, monkeyknifefight.com, deposit 20 bucks, promo code PFF, make it happen and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items up for auction. Signed helmets, balls, jerseys, everything you could possibly imagine, it's there. Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every product. Use promo code PFF for $10 off your first invoice. So the season's in full swing, and uh, if you are trying to get in on the action, then you need to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We live close to Indiana, may or may not make trips to Indiana, leverage the DraftKings Sportsbook app, because it's awesome. Um, there's a lot of games that are going on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Baltimore, Indy. Um, so you should make this happen if you haven't already. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code PFF, and this Sunday, if you do that, you will get a $100 risk-free bet. So essentially you get $100 to bet and they cover your, your risk for you. So pretty awesome. Plus they have all these odds boosts. If you go in on Sunday, you'll see um, odds that you won't find anywhere else uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So go download it now uh, and use promo code PFF. Um, and then I have to read this real quick. You have to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, risk-free coverage, paid out on-site credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you like this podcast, you will, in all likelihood, like one with Chris Collinsworth and Richard Sherman, and that is what the Chris Collinsworth podcast is. Richard, uh, this week, talked about a couple of really interesting things. He talked about his beef with Daryl Revis. He talked about um, a story that he's never told anybody from the Super Bowl about Patrick Mahomes and how he knew he was an alien and it wasn't even the play that you think it was. So uh, that was fascinating. And then I'm on the podcast. Somehow I got roped in. Uh, I talked about how I've bet multiple units on Clemson. And uh, so you can go listen and then make fun of me when I ultimately lose. Uh, Chris Collinsworth Podcast. It's wherever you get your podcasts. Go download, listen, and subscribe. All righty, Tampa Bay Trey, Trevor Sigma from the Draft Network is joining us. A Florida man, now lives in Charlotte, and actually has his shit together. So you'll fit right in. Welcome, buddy. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I I've, no, I don't think I've ever been introduced as a Florida man before, and uh, being from Florida, I guess it's technically true, but I don't really know how I feel about it, especially with you know what, what happened this week. I'm all about second chances. Sure, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, no, I've, I've moved to North Carolina. Yeah. I guess that this could be a turning of the page and although i'm not going to change i'm not going to change my twitter handle until i'm i could 
make sure that I'm verified the second I change it. So I guess I'm just going to keep Tampa Bay. Trey I mean, what are you going to be, North Carolina man? I'm not sure. <laughs> North Carolina, North Carolina Trey. That's not going to work. That I does mean, not have as entertaining of a stigma to it. No. So I feel like mm -hmm. that would be bad for business. You know. Charlotte is a huge step up, though. Their airport, which I'm flying through today on my way to Washington D.C., because of course. Uh, is a very nice airport. I like it quite a bit. No, I, it really is. It's one of the few airports where everything is very open and you can get to every food at every, you know, certain part of the terminal if you want. You don't have to take, you know, a tram or do anything like that. It's just very open. I'm looking, I'm, I'm staring at George with some incredulity right now because I'm a huge North Carolina fan. I love Durham. I love Raleigh. I love Winston-Salem. I love Charlotte. And George has always talked it down to me a little bit. Because Durham sucks. Please help. I, <laughs> I've never been to Durham. Okay, so I there's can't, a reason. I, I got nothing on it. I've right, never been. Well, we're yeah. not going to drag you into this okay. problem here. All right. Let's, it um, sounds like you just did. So <laughs> I do want to, we are going to talk uh, food at the end of this because you oh, have wonderful. some great food takes. And that's really, I, this is a football podcast, but I use it often as a facade to talk about food. And, um, and maybe we'll talk a little college, but we got to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're playing mm -hmm. the Saints. They're a five point favorite. We just talked about how that feels like a lot, but that the matchups here are interesting and that everyone seems to favor the Bucs. So you, starting with this game, handicapping it yourself, what do you make of Bucs Saints? Yeah, so I mean, I, this is a, a giant cliche, and I, I hate to start with a cliche, but it's a divisional game, and anytime the divisional games happen, really, you got you, you throw a lot of stuff out of the window. Sometimes you just throw logic out the window because I remember over the last, you know, let's just say three or four years, the Saints have clearly had the better roster than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at almost every single point, and yet the Bucs have been able to get one up on them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's been at home shoes. Sometimes it's been in New Orleans like it was in 2018. And so it is a weird game in that regard, but it does feel different because things have pretty much tipped in the scales for the Buccaneers in a lot of ways. Now, of course, you remember they opened up the season at the Saints, but I, I tried to tell people after that loss that this is there's a lot of new parts of this Buccaneers team. And if you thought that they were going to figure it out right out of the gate, especially with a shortened offseason and everything that happened with the COVID protocols, then you're kind of fooling yourself. And so I think this is, is more of a true test to maybe where both teams are, the Buccaneers and the Saints, because, I mean, I, I, I thought the Saints were going to be a strong team again this year. I looked at their roster going in. I said, man, there's just not a lot of holes here. If you think the Breeze is going to be a step down, okay, but I feel like the rest of the roster can be there. They've gotten some nice wins, but also have not looked as dominant as we thought. So with that being the case, I understand why the Bucs are favored in this one. And um, I do think that they have the stronger roster. Yeah, you look at the Saints. I mean, they have, you know, I, I think the Bucs have a better defense, especially looking towards the future with all the p players they have in the secondary, the linebackers, obviously the pass rushes, both a veteran group and really good. The Saints, like, have talented players, Marcus Davenport, you know, their back end, they have a ton of veterans who are good, but they've also just like made a ton of mistakes. You're talking about penalties, like their penalty yardage is worse than any team in the league. Like they just get burnt, like they're undisciplined on the back end. If this ever turns around, they could get on par with Tampa, but Tampa to me, like so far has just done such a better job of being disciplined on defense and then also just covering things better than the Saints have. If I, cause I was thinking about this game and I was like, okay, if the Saints win, the, the path to them winning to me is like Alvin Kamara takes the entire Saints roster, bundles him up, straps him to his back, 
puts Has his grill to. in and and marches them, you know, 10, 10 yards after the catch at a time down the football field. With the with the Bucks, you look at it and you go, man, there's so many ways that they can beat you. And now they add Antonio Brown. And I think a lot of people want to be skeptical about how he gets worked in. I, Antonio Brown's crazy, but part of that craziness manifests itself in the fact that this dude is like ready to rock up in pads anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. and run routes. And so like I expect him to come in and be good to you. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, going just back to what Eric was saying about them being aggressive and, and getting kind of against discipline and having a lot of penalties, I really think that that caught the Bucks by surprise in week one. And like Tom Brady especially, just with how aggressive the Saints were willing to play that team, Brady just wasn't ready for it with these certain guys that he had. And so I do think that, that with time, it's a little bit of a different story here with that end, even though I, I agree with you, it is still a talented defense. I think the Buccaneers are going to be a little bit ready for it. In terms of Antonio Brown, man, you know, I, I've said this before. There's really absolutely nothing that has happened between now and when he was released by the Raiders that makes you think that he deserves his chance or that he deserves to even be trusted. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you just want to talk football about it, he is now on the team, and I don't really know how you cover this Bucks team now with everybody healthy on paper because you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, which were already a handful. Gronk is now kind of, I guess, getting his football legs back out from underneath him, and Brady has a little bit better chemistry than uh, it was right out the gate. I know that they don't have O.J. Howard anymore, but they can say all they want that they love that they love Scotty Miller. And I, I, I think that Scotty Miller has shown that he's not just a nobody on this team, but when you replace some of Scotty's reps with Antonio Brown's <laughs> reps, who yeah. is not that far removed from having what was probably the greatest four or five year stretch of any wide receiver in NFL history. I mean, it's wild to think that they have this group. And so I'm totally with you, George. It's crazy. And I don't think it's a lie that Bruce Arians has been saying over the last week or so where it's like, yeah, we got him in here and he was absolutely rocked up, put on the pads, looked like he's been playing the entire time. And so I think chemistry might be a little bit of a work in progress, but in terms of him being ready to contribute, I, I think that you're going to see it this Sunday. Well, they're, the- they're living, Brady and, and Antonio are living together. So the chemistry, <laughs> look, I, you know, if you're living with someone, the chemistry better be Is there Is there in. something that can stop Tampa Bay's offense? Giselle's jealousy? Short. Yeah, <laughs> there's big time you know, vibes there that are kind of weird. Like, okay, um, is there something that could stop Tampa Bay's offense more effectively than running the ball to Rojo on early downs? Because I look at this offense, I think Gronk has had four or more targets and forty or more yards in six, five of the last six games. He's been looking. He's looked great. He looked terrible early on. Cameron Brate's a good number two tight end, and I look. I think. If you look at from receiver one to receiver six, there's no better team in the NFL. Brady's mm-hmm. playing pretty well. Offensive line's fine. Pretty well, yeah. Yeah, he's playing. He's yeah, played insane. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been great. I don't, other than like, you know, just playing a team like Kansas City, you could outscore them. It, can there can there be anything that stops this offense short of running on early downs, being inefficient, getting in third and long situations, and then having variance, you know, uh, affect your offense to a degree that it wouldn't if you didn't uh, run the ball so much on early downs? I appreciate Eric taking the narrative of basically every Bucks fan who's watched terrible teams over the last years and saying <laughs> that Brady has just been pretty good because I feel like that's just what everybody's doing at that point. But yeah, it's it's puzzling, and it 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 felt like there have been a handful of games this year and even last year where 
I don't know if this is just like, hey, this is the game plan. This is what we're doing. We're sticking to it. This is what's happening. We're going to run the ball on this down, or we're going to run the ball in these situations. But, you know, they exit the game against the Giants, and it felt like they ran the ball on first down every single time they had a first down, like every single drive that they started. It didn't just and feel that like was it. Not, they did that. I mean, that wasn't exactly the case. They they did throw the ball 18 times on first down as opposed to 13. So it was closer to 50-50, but it truly felt that way. And I'll tell you the moment that made the biggest difference in that regard for me. Carlton Davis gets his interception. They then proceed to run the ball on first down and second down. And it's like, come on, man. You've got to be able to read the game. You've got to be able to know when you can take advantage, when you've got a defense on their heels, when you've got the guys a little bit pumped up on your side. You've got to be able to take a shot. And, and you know, like you guys, we were just joking around and saying, Brady's playing at an incredible level right now. Why would you want to take the ball out of that guy's hands in opportunities where you can really cash in as an offense and put a team that you are absolutely better than away? And I feel like that's a big detriment right now to – a pretty damn successful year that Byron left, which has had as the offensive coordinator, is that he, he's he got to realize that the ball is best when it is in Brady's hands. And when it comes to putting teams away or really getting a giant lead out of, out of certain situations, that's where the ball needs to be. Whether the game script is like, hey, we want to stay balanced because – can't tell you how many times I've heard that out of both Arians and Leftwich, or sorry, Arians, yeah, Arians and Leftwich over the last two years. It's like, oh, we're going to stay balanced. We're going to stay balanced. Running pass has got to be even. You got to keep the defense guessing. And we know that that's uh, not entirely true, that that's necessary. But it just seems that that's what they want to be doing. And to Eric's point, man, they look like a well-oiled machine that not a lot of teams can stop. And maybe they're the only ones that can get in their way. Yeah, I, I, and it's funny because – people will look at that balance and they go, oh yeah, it's like 17, 13 or whatever. And the reason I made that comment is because to me, if it's anywhere near 50, 50, you, like what are, did your brain leak out of your ear? Because as you said, Tom Brady is playing at a top three, it, you know, PFF grade, I think he's third. He makes some arguments in certain places. He's playing better than, you know, maybe even Russell Wilson is. Um, but Tampa Bay is 17th in pass play rate on first and second downs. Now that, that's right there with like Miami. New Orleans is actually worse. Now they have Alvin Kamara, which is interesting. Uh, but, you know, Detroit, Arizona, Washington, Atlanta. It's like all those teams have quarterbacks that are far worse than Tom Brady. You know, why are you not right. letting, letting TB12 cook? It's, it's, it is interesting. Um, is that what we're doing now? We're just going like everybody cook? Like are we just are we just taking the the Russ saying and we're just like okay this guy is now a culinary artist I'm, so we're gonna I'm not gonna cook. I have only so much energy and and frankly for, like fucks to give I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say <laughs> you're also not much of a cook yourself yeah, yeah I I'm not gonna use it on like let Nick Foles cook like I just that's where I draw the line <laughs> I think that is We've, it right we. <laughs> We need to we need to establish the prop like the cook line. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. can that like after this quarterback, we can no longer allow this person to cook. Okay, let's let's that establish not allowed in the kitchen. Let's There's establish, too many cooks right, in the let's kitchen. establish right, that right. line right now. Wh which court? Where are you drawing the line in terms of of quarterbacks that are not allowed? I to think cook? the alliteration would tell you that you have to let Cam cook. Newton, sure. Yeah. Okay. That's. I think, I think that's he, it, though. I think he's. I think he's earned his apron, if you will. You know yeah. what I'm saying? His chef's hat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Can, Can you me, imagine what uh, his there, chef hat would look like? Is there, <laughs> is there a fancy name for a chef hat, or is it just a chef hat? I actually don't know. 
there has to be because it's it, you know the French because they own cooking they have to have a fancy name for everything. I'm mm. surprised that Cam hasn't actually worn a chef hat. Mm -hmm. Same to to yeah. a game yet. That's um, true. If I'm looking okay. at it, I mean, going back to the line, are, are we just going to go the, to the default Derek Carr? Because I feel like Derek Carr is just like constantly the line, like he's mm -hmm. the line for quarterbacks, like bridging between good and replaceable. I feel like I feel like we we could just fall on the Derek Derek Carr line. Yeah, I like that because I was thinking, I was thinking Derek Carr actually gets to cook. Because if you don't let him throw on first and second down, you are really screwed. Yep. Because third down's a disaster. Yeah. Mm. And the guy that I would say maybe I don't want in the kitchen with the herbs and the spices is like a Jimmy G or a Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. Like, I no. kind of want them setting Jimmy the G's, table. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Jimmy G's like somebody. Can hey, you... Jimmy, would you get the silverware and the napkins and set the table, please, buddy? You guys are better at food 10. than me. What's a food that is, like, better raw than it is cooked? Fish. So like yeah, Jimmy fish. G, Jimmy G would like cook the sushi. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Right? Like, look, man, we just we just need you to we just need you to get this thing on the plate. And he's like, actually, I'm gonna throw this thing in the oven. <laughs> get the barbecue fired up here. What are, you, what are we gonna do with this tuna? Jared Jared Goff like, uh, he mispronounced tartar. Certainly, he doesn't yeah. know what sashimi is. Yeah. Mm. No. Go. I mean, Jared Goff certainly does not. Yeah. Doesn't know where the sun rises. So I Jer think. Yeah. I think Jared Goff like lit the house on fire while cooking the sushi. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to go like hibachi style with the flames coming up and just, yeah, it all, it all went wrong. It obviously you know, went wrong. I'm just going to put a quick sear on this. Two minutes later, house on fire. That's, that's the Jared Goff in the kitchen experience. <laughs> and, and that's maybe the perfect one because even Sean McVay won't let him like run a play call or call a play look so, right. their right. their ability their their willingness to try to come back from 28 10 throwing speed outs to cooper cup on the regular is just i, I they have no downfield passing game when's the last time Goff stepped into a throw and like and delivered gave it like 28 yards eight odd it just doesn't happen uh trevor i want to ask you now big picture mm-hmm if you are making a halfway through the season prediction for, let's say, the final four and then the Super Bowl, uh, what is it right now? I would say I would go Chiefs, Steelers on the AFC side, and then I would go Seahawks, Buccaneers on the NFC side. That's what I would say would be the final four. All right. And then Super Bowl? Oh, man. You're going to make me say it. You're yep. going to make me say it. Okay. Uh, Steelers. Tampa. Good Lord. Why? Uh, God. Wow. Good Lord. Are ben you overthinking Brady? this, Trey? Like, I, I respect the Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I, respect, I respect the Tampa Bay pick. I really do. They're the favorites. Can somebody explain to me why Kansas City and Pittsburgh are considered in the same tier, other than maybe Pittsburgh has an inside track at the one seed? Yeah, Trey, what's your thinking there? I am just so blown away by how well the Steelers have been able to play defense for as long as they have, which may perhaps fools me into thinking that it is sustainable to where, hey, look, 
I think they'll maybe take a, a step back here in the second half of the season. They won't be as dominant, but perhaps we've seen this so many times before, you know, postseason runs all about the teams that are hot. And so you certainly have to have the talent, but if you've got a lot of momentum and confidence with you, perhaps this, the, the Steelers defense could again, can step up and, and reach this level when they're playing in the postseason. If that's the case, you know, I've got faith that they beat the Ravens. And then when it comes to the chiefs, we've seen that pressure doesn't, affect Patrick Mahomes nearly as much as it does other quarterbacks and so I don't want to just say like oh if they get to Patrick Mahomes because I do think that he's a different read but or a different breed but I do feel like there is a chance that this defense because top to bottom they are so great can really come together and, and slow them down enough to make the game interesting and, and I'm just going to bet on the Steelers because I've I've gone back and forth with my co-host on my podcast Ben Solak and I've been like hey the Steelers hey the Steelers hey the Steelers and he's just like nah I can't believe it can't believe it so maybe this is a little bit me sticking to my guns here and you're not you're not completely wrong I mean when you look at the, the <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you not calling me completely wrong I sorry this, this is, is a really interesting conversation <laughs> no, like, because I, everyone it, you know it, we, everyone I, loves the Steelers. Everyone loves the Steelers. And and our our colleague Timo is also a Bucks fan. Um, wrote an article about uh, Pittsburgh and how they're a little fraudulent. Now I don't think that they're fraudulent in like the Green Bay Packers last year. Fraudulent. Mm, that's a uh, special level. Yeah, that's a special yeah, right. level of fraudulent. They're not Bears five and one fraudulent. Yeah, but they can get out of nickel defense. <laughs> they can get out of nickel defense. But the my. My issue is, and I agree with you 100%, they have a great defense, but they're the, the matchup with Kansas City is it's one bad. is one where the Ravens-Steelers type of defense where you, you rush the passer with four or five, six guys and play man coverage on the back end is nowhere near as effective against Kansas City as more of that like Eberflus, uh, you know, cover, th- you know, the, the uh, Salah, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, San, uh, Los Angeles Chargers sort of like... Blitzing rush Mahomes with, rush and, and hoping to cover with man-to-man coverage, you're, you're dead. And even like the yeah, Buffalo right. scheme on that on that Monday night was, I think, the right scheme. They just mm-hmm. didn't have like a nose tackle that could hold the point of attack and make those seven, eight-yard runs, yeah. four or five-yard runs. It, it's hard because I think the aggressive defenses match up with them poorly. Or do you think on the other side of the ball – receivers are clearly good the offensive line's fine do you think big ben can is capable of crossing the street that many times without being hit by a car on offense right and it's it's weird because in the ravens game right he said he said after the game yeah at some point at some points in the game we were just you know getting in the huddle and i was just playing backyard football like i was telling him like all right you run this route you were like we weren't even calling plays and i can understand if you are an undefeated Steelers team playing, let's say the New York Jets, and just in the second half you're beating them by a bunch, and you're like, "Hey, let's just freelance it here. Who cares? We don't even need the real play." But they did this stuff against the Baltimore Ravens, which was crazy to me when I heard that quote because it, it just feels like, yeah, the Steelers are. There's not a lot of pressure on them right now, and I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna reserve the right to answer this question later because with them being undefeated and with them being in as much of a groove as they are we've got to see what it looks like when it's not exactly so easy for them. And I think that things are coming very easily for the Steelers right now on offense where this might not be exactly what happens down the road or is it might not be sustainable. But uh, perhaps, again, this is something that with an experienced playoff quarterback and somebody who kind of has been in that situation of where they want to go before, maybe it's not like, oh, they get out of their groove and they can't get back into it. And so I, I've... I've 
you know, I'm I'm with you on the matchup with the defense. It, it is tough to see anybody matching up against the Kansas City Chiefs, especially as aggressive as what the Steelers have been. But because they've been so good at it, maybe I am swaying a little bit towards. Uh, hey, I'll just give I'll I'll give them a chance. Yeah, and, and and obviously Tomlin. I think last year, you know, he was on the verge of being fired, and then he had that team. He won eight out of the ten games in the middle of the season. He was excellent. He's been excellent. He's an excellent leader of men that I think is underrated. Um, So the coaching there is not as big of an advantage. Andy Reid versus most coaches is a great advantage, but against Tomlin, it's less so. Steelers, to your point, you know, they have faced somewhat of an easy road so far, but it doesn't get that much difficult. They're the fifth easiest schedule by our metrics left yeah. this year. Their toughest mm-hmm. opponent going forward is the Ravens. It could be a really it could be a situation much like Baltimore last year where they go 14 and 2, they get the one seed and we're asking ourselves in round two, like how the hell did they get beaten by X team? Well, it's because we don't have a ton of data on them pay- yeah. facing really good teams it's a la Baltimore last Ryan year. Ryan Tannehill gets hot. Here's what I think sticks out to me, because I agree with you on the top four. The top four is three teams that have the three best quarterbacks in the NFL, Wilson, Mahomes, and Brady right now. Right, right. And then one team that has a guy that I would say is outside of the top 10, borderline-ish top mm-hmm. 10 guy in Big Ben. And is he still in the kitchen? Big Ben is what Big Ben is doing. Big Ben. Big Ben's in the on the grill out on the deck. Big Ben has three dishes that he makes. They all have hamburger meat in them. It's like <laughs> right. hamburgers, meatloaf, and cheeseburger pizza. So 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 Big Ben's wearing a tucked in off gray shirt with jorts and New Balances sitting out on the grill wearing with he, sunglasses on. He's the guy that comes in and you know everybody's you know some of the people have eaten, but then he's the one that comes in with this big ass palette of like food where he's just like gone to town for. 30 minutes grilling hamburgers and brats and uh (laughs) he's got he's got a very uh what's the quote from taken it's like i have a very special set of skills yes right sure yeah (laughs) that's what he has in the kitchen so we'll allow him to he ain't he's not uh you know patrick mahomes is in there like inventing new shit you've never tasted where you go like holy fuck what is this yeah sure that's what that's what mahomes is serving up big ben's not quite there and i think to me that's where if i'm projecting things down the road and i go what's most sustainable especially in a year where shit can hit the fan um, I would have that same top four, and I would say the other three I feel more confident in because the quarterback, you know, will stay there. But um, that, that was good. I'm glad you had a different take from us because we've been bagging on the Steelers um, with along with Ben Solak for a while. Let's get to some quick hitters here. Um, you do some great work uh, for the Draft Network, and your mock drafts are a lot of fun to read. People should go check those out. Um, I have a – I don't often bet on college football, Eric mm-hmm. literally uh that's how he spends his his Saturdays. I have placed a large wager on Clemson minus five and a half against Notre Dame. Am I an idiot? Well, no Trevor Lawrence, so I don't know if you're an idiot, but it's 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 weird to have watched them play the way that they did against Boston College and I think that that was a perfect storm in a lot of different ways obviously it was the first game without Trevor Lawrence they were trying to get everything going Boston College was clearly ready for it and they also pulled out all the stops and still could not beat them I also don't think Notre Dame is that good thank you so I would tell you that I think Clemson's gonna cover that so say, I would say that I would say that you're safe. I'm not overwhelmed on it because yeah. of the situation of quarterback, but I would say that they're going to beat Notre Dame by that. Can point. you say uh, DJ's last name? 
Uh, no, absolutely not. Do you want to give I, it a try? No, I, I can only say it if somebody says it right before right me before and then you. I get to immediately repeat them and act like I knew all along. That's the only... My goal for this week is to get Eric on camera saying the guy's name. We might get Eric, there. We if might we, get there. If we need, if we need to <laughs> some bite college, there. college content, my, we'll, we'll my we take, have to. My take is that DJ Yuli Youngale, which is, that was bad, man. I tried to rush through it. I didn't get through it. He's a five-star recruit. I watched yes. him play. He was awesome. He graded well. I think he's like the third or fourth best quarterback in the country. Right now, you put him as like, you, you take him third see, or fourth? See, here's my thing. I think all college quarterbacks suck, except for like two sure fair that's so, very fair extremely fair and and so my thing is like because all these guys are young so much of it is their environment they're in and, and just like how gifted they are and this guy was as gifted as anyone else coming out so well plus he had the game that like he wasn't expected to play in right like it it wasn't it was like a last minute kind of deal by the way ian book not allowed in the in the kitchen or the cafeteria. No, God, no, 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 no. He, no, no he's no. only allowed no. in the Barnes and Noble he, cafe. Listen, he, Ian Book is running the valet in the back, and like he, that's that's what he's doing. And he he's, doesn't he's, even he's, handle the nice cars. It's yeah, like Ian in comes Book a Jag. It's like there's a Honda Accord that might no. turn in. You're waiting for that one. Yeah, no, he's the assistant valet. He's the assistant. <laughs> All right, um, take us through your barbecue food take. As someone yes. that has lived in Brooklyn, I've had the world's best barbecue many times. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> I crack up every time I see one of those because I swear to God, I did live in Brooklyn and I, I swear to God I have been to the overpriced barbecue place mm -hmm. where it's like, this cost me $50 and you're looking right. at your plate and you're like, fuck, I, may, I have made a terrible mistake, a terrible <laughs> right. mistake. So anyways, yeah. take us through how to, how to order barbecue. Sure. Yeah. Well, we I I have something that started just out of out of kind of common sense for me that has now turned into a barbecue movement, which I really appreciate, and that is uh, hashtag three sides minimum. Mm. And my thought process there, and and this people have expanded it to outside of barbecue, which you are fully allowed to do. I give you all the power to do that for food, whatever you want. But it mainly goes with barbecue because there's so many different kinds of barbecue places around the country you know you have like the kansas city style texas north carolina georgia like there's there's so many different kinds of barbecue and every place that you'll go to even ones that might be similar to another i think that there's a special side or a side that they do better mm -hmm. at that place than anywhere else and so when i say three sides minimum it's often because i want to make sure you give yourself the opportunity to try what might be the quote unquote specialty of the house because barbecue is beautiful barbecue is sent from god it is the mm -hmm. cuisine that I, I i believe jesus tried to request at the last supper and they didn't know what he was talking about yet so Fair, he factual. wasn't able to get it so they had to settle with something else but i know that sometimes when you go to barbecue and they're like hey here's the deal combo platter you get one meat you get two sides and you get a biscuit like that's just always what comes with it a lot of times people will go, okay, well, my favorite two sides are mac and cheese and baked beans. So I'm just throwing something out for an example. So you will go, okay, well, I'm obviously, I'm going to get brisket and then I'm going to get my two favorite sides. You never, you don't allow yourself mm -hmm. to then if you see, like if they do banana pudding really well, or if they do coleslaw really well, I know that's kind of sacrilegious to people, or if they do like collards really well, like if you see mm -hmm. it in the back and you go, man, that looks so good, but it's not my favorite. It's there 
the rule is there to give you freedom to experience what a barbecue place, which is often recipes handed down through generations, gives you that chance to enjoy what these barbecue places do best. And so it's kind of a movement to allow you to free yourself, free your mind, be a little bit more open and enjoy some good Southern food. That, that was beautiful. And um, George has never been impressed with anything I've said as much as he's been impressed with what you just said, Tampa Bay Trey. Th that is what you said is something that I live by, which is you never want to miss out on the opportunity to try your new favorite food. Absolutely, and yes. barbecue it, for many people should be in their in their top in their holy trinity of foods. The way I approach it is slightly more gluttonous, which is when you go get barbecue, you go all out. Mm. Uh, you you do yeah. not go. You know what? I'm actually not going to try that because I might be a little full afterwards. <laughs> so I'm the guy that orders like four meats, all of the sides. I get dessert. It's a whole fucking deal. Um, give me your three favorite sides that you've ever had. So, my it, people ask like, what are my go-to sides? And I would tell you that my go-tos are, I've had mac and cheese from barbecue places that have just been like 11s out of 10. You know, like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what kind of magic they're putting in there. Crack. Mac and cheese is on there. Baked barbecue baked beans is also in there for me. I, there, are, there are a couple of places that do barbecue baked beans extremely well. And then the third one for me that I would order is collards because I think that collard greens are – not everybody loves collard greens, but collard greens are very southern to me. And I think that there are a lot of southern cuisine places that do collards really, really well. I'm also not on the side that hates coleslaw, so every now and then I'll throw a little bit of coleslaw in there. Um, I've seen – you know. Things that have, have dealt with sweet potatoes, sweet yes. potato fries. Good. Some places do that really well. Banana pudding. I will say this, though. People continue to ask me, and I'm glad that they do because I'm here to clarify. <laughs> Does cornbread or a biscuit count as a side? Ooh. I would tell you that it does not because it already comes with the meal. And I, again, don't want you to think that just because it comes with the meal – that would then prohibit you yes. from ordering another side that you think might look really good. So that goes back to your rule, George. And it's, again, you know, just all about giving, empowering yourself to enjoy the best food that you can because uh, we're all not here long. Have God. as much barbecue as you want. God, it's beautiful. I have yet to find a good barbecue place here in lovely Cincinnati, uh, it, shockingly. But, you know. I've, I've only been to one and it was like, okay, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, I, it's we need not to make some trips. I'm yeah, not, we I'm need not. To, we need to get you boys down south because well, I, if you if you came to Charlotte, Eric, I know you said that you, you like North Carolina area. If you come to Charlotte, I've got three places right off the top of my head that I mean, like we're we're making it happen. Let's do it. We are going to record our next podcast with Trevor Sigma <laughs> with barbecue present. It will be a feast. It'll be glorious, and uh, we'll stream it live for you, Trevor. This was awesome, brother. I appreciate you hanging out. Draftnetwork.com, thedraftnetwork.com. Right, I'm getting yep, that right. Thedraftnetwork.com. Nailed it. Your mock drafts, uh, it's a great site with great people, and Trevor is one of them. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks.